Hello and welcome to Helpline on Feed Play Love. And today we are joined by registered nurse and certified sleep consultant, Hannah Wallace. Hannah is here to answer all your questions, whether it's about babies not sleeping through the night or toddlers misbehaving or how on earth you juggle the two. Hannah is, uh, has all the experience, including being a mum herself. Hello, Hannah. How are you? Hello. Good. How are you? Good. Thank you. So if you're joining us live via Facebook, you can pop your questions below this video. If you're listening to the podcast, you can email us at helpline at theparentbrand.com.au. We also have a helpline group on Facebook, so you can post your questions there as well. All the links will be in the notes of this episode and below this video if you're on Facebook Live. Let's get started. Get stuck in. <laughs> this question comes from Carmen. She says... My four-month-old has bad reflux and after weeks of trial and error, we seem to finally have her meds working well. She needs to be held upright and burped regularly throughout and after her feeds, but now we think she's gotten into a habit of needing to be held or breastfed to go to sleep. She wakes all night long. Sometimes she gets to two hours before waking, but many times it's only a half-hour stretch before she's awake and crying again. She won't let us put her back down unless I breastfeed her and let her go back to sleep in my arms. But then she only has a few gulps and nods off. It's not a full feed, just lots of tiny ones all night long. She refuses a bottle or dummy. I'm desperate to get herself settling, but it's so hard and my partner and I are just so exhausted all the time. Bedtime is 7.30pm and we're up for the day around 5am, mainly because I've gotten sick of trying countless times all night for more sleep. Is there anything we can do or do we just have to ride this out? Oh, that sounds awful. No, you don't have to write it out. It's really, really common. Um, bubs that have had colic or reflux, they almost always have, um, you know, once it's cleared up, a plethora of um, sleep issues because um, as this mum said, you are doing everything at the time just to make the baby comfortable, upright, being held. Um, obviously when the baby's been crying out in pain for months, you've been doing, you know, just what you need to get by. Um, so if you're confident that you've got the reflux under control and doctor's happy, weight's fine, um, you know, and you're pretty confident with how the medication's going, then you'd help this baby same way you would any other way. So bit of a routine um, at this age. So 7.30 is probably a little bit too late. You'd want to be more like a 6.30 bedtime because that may be contributing to the early wake in the morning if bub's overtired. Um, and then routine-wise, you'd want to do about 45 minutes in the morning, quick little sleep, a couple of hours of wake time in between, nice long lunch nap if you can try and establish that. That'll help get on top of the overtiredness in the night. And then another little short, like 30 or 45 minute nap in the afternoon, just to get you through to that 6.30 bedtime. And the self-settling, it just depends what um, what settling technique you're comfortable with. There's hundreds that you could use, but just start start very gently with this bub because she's obviously had a lot of help getting sleep initially because um, of the reflux. So just treat, if you're confident that she's fine now reflux wise, um, just like press on with your sleep training as you would with a baby that's been well the whole time. All right. Um, we have another question from Rhiannon um, on Facebook. She says, need some advice settling my five-week bottle-fed baby. Before three weeks, I could put her down awake and 50% of the time she'd be asleep in five minutes on her own or just a gentle rock and she'd be asleep. 
Now she becomes really alert. I put her down at one hour wake time, swaddle, white noise, dark room, and she's awake. She'll stay awake, calm for about 40 minutes before crying. And by then she's overtired and I can't settle can't settle her I did a session through the council on settling they commented that my girl doesn't show tired signs until too late and she's very alert and is more high needs meaning she needs more hands-on settling to get her to relax I've tried cuddle with rocking until drowsy then put down but ping wide awake again I put my hands on her and lightly rock this takes up to 40 minutes to get to her to sleep for her to wake after 30 minutes Mm-hmm. Tried, I've tried waiting until um, being asleep a while in my arms before putting down and again 30 minutes later awake. I also have a three-year-old toddler who's a daredevil and can't leave them alone that long. <laughs> Lucky he's still doing four days of daycare. I need suggestions to help her learn and get some sleep. I'm very exhausted and plan um, and plan on how to help my little one the daycare days and plan on the days my toddler's around. So she needs, yep. she needs help with those two yeah sure yeah yep um did you say five weeks for this little one yes yeah so this is really common um around six weeks so this could just be a touch earlier for this one um babies have lost all that melatonin that they got on board from mum from being in utero so you know when you um like a newborn baby that's a couple of days old they literally could sleep through a concert they're just lying there snoozing all day they might (laughs) sleep like 22 hours a day that's because they've got all that melatonin hanging on board and around five or six weeks, they start to regulate their own melatonin. Mum's is gone um, and they wake up and you have to all of a sudden try. So <laughs> it's really <laughs> tough, really common, really, really common. So um, advice here would be no sleep training really with this age group. Obviously you're just sort of helping um, with assisted naps and sounds like you've done all the things with the padding and the sort of, um, you know, hand on till drowsy and all that sort of stuff so I would think this is more of a routine issue so um nothing regimented but a slightly longer awake window so if you're just doing an hour now play around with it um do a day and it's it won't just take one awake window and the whole issue's fixed like um pick your daycare days and say okay for a couple of days here I'm going to stretch out to one and a half hours um you'll know if she's overtired and if that's too far um, but just try and sort of prioritise that her body clock can catch up. But it definitely sounds like she just needs a little bit more awake time. And it's interesting that she wasn't showing the tired signs. That kind of shows as well that she's probably just not ready to go down for a nap at one hour. Definitely yeah. extend it. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Our next question comes from Josie on email. She says, my daughter's two years, seven months, and has been wearing nappies during the day without accident since two years and four months. She doesn't wear a nappy for her day nap, but still wears one at night. A week ago, she started having small wee accidents in her undies during the day. So I guess she wears undies during the day. And just pull up at night or something. Yeah. 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 Yep. She says she needs to go to the loo. And by the time she gets there, she's done a small wee in her undies. She then does a full wee on the toilet. It's usually a very small amount in her undies and often doesn't go through to her clothes. But it can mean multiple undie changes throughout the day. I'm not sure whether it's a bit of incontinence, something physiological, or whether it would be more behavioural. Any ideas? And how do you think we should respond to this? Sometimes I gently ask what happened, whether she couldn't get there in time. But she says she doesn't know. Sometimes I just ignore it and change her undies. When they're dry, make a big deal and congratulate her for having dry undies. 
yeah, that's a really good approach, the praise when things are great and not really acknowledging when they're not. Um, this is sounds like behavioural sort of stuff with toilet training and it's literally a form of FOMO with this age. Like my three-year-old, I still have to, do you need to go to the toilet? Come on, let's go to the toilet. I know he needs to go to the toilet, but he will leave it till the last minute because they cannot rip themselves away from whatever you know other exciting thing they're doing and they leave it to the last minute and they're not great with clothing either so I find um if they have left it they're busting absolutely busting until they actually go okay now I'll excuse myself and go into the toilet and then they're trying to get it um you know something undone and they do start a little bit earlier than when they get on so it's just a matter of um just taking control of the situation when you know that your child's due to go and do a wee, like they haven't been for a little while, they've had a lot of water. I just take the couple of minutes to say, no, buddy, we are actually going into the toilet and I'll take him to the toilet and, you know, just help him go in there because it's so common. They will leave it till the last minute and they'll almost always have accidents. It's just literally FOMO. They won't, yeah. they won't pull themselves away. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So nothing so just keep taking have it. to worry. Yeah. No, no, because she's doing everything right at other times it's it's very age appropriate it's literally just a matter of um keeping in the back of your mind if you know she hasn't been for a while don't rely on her to be the one all the time to take herself off to do it because they just they just won't at that age yeah yep this next question comes from caroline and it's an email she says my daughter is coming up to three soon and for the last month or so has been waking during the night and then up at around 5 a.m she goes to daycare four days a week where she doesn't nap, but Friday, Sunday is at home and will nap 1.30 till 2.30 p.m., though she would sleep longer if I let her. Nap or no nap, however, doesn't seem to make a difference. Daycare days, she goes to bed around 6.30, 6.45 p.m. Days she's had a nap, bedtime is around 7.30 p.m. At night and overnight, she'll settle in her bed relatively easily, but at 5 a.m. she'll come into our room. I always take her back to bed, but I'm almost certain she doesn't go back to sleep as she'll come out again as soon as she hears my husband or I get up. Is there anything I can do to get her to sleep longer? I'm sure she's not getting enough sleep. Yep, I'd definitely get rid of um, the nap at her age, especially if she's at this age, towards three or three, if they're showing sleep issues overnight, then you almost always just say, yep, let's get rid of the day nap. Um, so drop it at daycare, obviously, which they've already done. And even on the days that you're at home, really make an effort to not use that as a time to catch up on sleep. Um, and it'll be a tough few days if that's what you're used to doing already, but you just push through with some rest time or quiet games. But it sounds at the moment like her body clock might just be a little bit confused. Sometimes she has a nap, sometimes she doesn't. Sometimes she's in bed at 6.30, sometimes at 7.30. Um, so just pick a consistent bedtime that you can achieve on daycare days as well so I know it's always a bit of a rush after daycare so if you're sort of getting her down at um 6 30 that's really good actually for a daycare day so do that no nap on the days that she's at home and the 6 30 bedtime as well because she does sound a bit overtired and the issue the five o'clock wake these are very habitual so they it probably started off as a bit of an overtired or her being ready to drop her nap or whatever um, but what we do at that wake is very important. They will latch onto that and they will want and need the same thing on subsequent mornings. So pick whatever settling technique you're using. So whether it's just returning her back silently to her room and just repeat, repeat, repeat. We don't ever want to reinforce that, yeah, it's 5.30. I've tried for half now. We'll just get her up now because I can guarantee she'll just do the same thing the next day. So really stick it out to like 6.30 for a good few mornings and you should see it catch up. Excellent. Yeah. 
Okay, the next question comes from Freya. She says, hi there, my son is two and a half years old and I want him to give up his dummy. He constantly seeks it out all day. We have to remind him to take it out to speak to us. He even puts it back in his mouth between mouthfuls of food at mealtimes. Mm-hmm. He's so attached to his dummies that I'm worried it might affect his speech development and maybe his teeth. He uses it as a sleep aid too and he's such a great sleeper that I'm loath to take it away at bedtime. Are we creating a rod for our own back if we take the dummies away for daytimes and only let him have and only let him have it in bed? Or should we go cold turkey and get rid of it completely? Will it badly affect his sleep routines? So I'd either keep it if you're keeping it or get rid of it if you're getting rid of it. Because he doesn't understand that um, we don't want you to have it at 11 a.m. today, but hey, 11.30 p.m. tonight, take five of them. Like it's it's just too confusing. So um I would say two and a half language is pretty good. You can probably start to discuss it with him. That's the, that's the kind of indicator when we get rid of dummies is when you can get them involved in the little story around getting rid of the dummy. So if he's ticking all those boxes and you think he's able to kind of process a bit of a, um, you know, dummy adventure, getting rid of them, then I would go for it and go for it cold turkey. So you can do heaps of things. You can go, um, Oh, I used to, we, you can go to the shops and, you know, packs all his dummies into his own little bag. He's in charge. Um, what bag do you want to take and what shop do we want to go to? Because we're going to give them all to, um, you know, we're going to put them in the bin and then we're going to go and get a big boy toy or something like that. Like you just can make it a really fun thing. People do, um, they leave them out for Santa is another one. Dummy Fairy is really good. There's lots of books on that as well. So you can actually get him involved in reading the book and then one night he can set up leaving all the dummies out. Um, and the fairy comes and takes them away. But when when you've made the decision to like get rid of them, get rid of them totally for the whole 24 hours. And the sleep situation, it probably will. You'll have like a bit of a messier bedtime than usual and maybe a night wake or so. Um, but you just push through with it with whatever resettling technique you would normally use. Don't sort of don't fall into that um, situation there of getting a bit inconsistent just because the dummy's gone. Just treat it as a tough couple of nights of resettling. Yeah. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> This next question comes from Rose. She says, hi, ladies. I have a very fussy two and a half year old all of a sudden. He used to be quite good with trying new foods and eating a variety of meats, veg, pasta, etc. But since he began daycare six months ago, he systematically whittled down the things he will eat into a very select few things. The only time he'll try something new is when he sees other kids like his four year old brother try it too he'll refuse to eat a bite of a meal but demand milk and chuck the hugest tantrum when i won't give it i've tried compromising with him eat your breakfast and then you can have your milk but he won't have a bar of it he also won't sit down to eat a meal he's always getting up wandering around wrapping himself around me in a tantrum wanting milk or just simply walking away and refusing to come back and eat he outgrew the high chair a while back so i'm at a loss on this one what Mm -hmm. is going on so completely drop the milk. It's a it's a vicious cycle, this milk food thing. Um, and you won't notice an instant um, improvement, but over the course of a few days, if, if he's, it's, I don't think she mentioned how much milk he was having, but even a couple of bottles or a couple of breastfeeds, like that can be enough to put um, toddlers off. They're very efficient at drinking milk and taking calories in and that can be enough to put them off um, all the subsequent meals for the day, really, especially the morning, lunch, dinner. It's just, yeah, it's just a cycle. So you just stick it out and say, right, we're not doing milk anymore. But you can just um, wean it down. So say if you're offering him 
200 mils at the moment, you might just do 100 mils for a couple of days and then nothing. Um, and you just put the emphasis back on food. I guarantee you he's not going to let himself starve. He'll pick up on his food, but it will take a good few days. Um, and while you're doing this, just use safe food. So things that you know he's going to eat as well. It's not the time to try and um, offer him something that you know he's not, never tried before or is not keen on. So, yeah, it's just sticking it out. You might be really surprised. You might yeah. be really surprised. People are often really scared about dropping milk feeds, but the first couple he'll be pretty cranky and he'll be chasing you around the kitchen and stuff, but um, mostly he'll get there pretty quickly. And you just persevere, sitting up at the table, keep returning him up to his seat and when he gets that appetite he'll be much more inclined to sit there and have a go of it because he'll be genuinely hungry this next question comes from maggie she says hi team i'm having an issue with my 30 month old's nighttime feed he normally has one feed through the night around 1 30 a.m which takes him through to wake up time around 6 a.m but for the last but, but for the past three weeks, he started to wake up at 11 or 11.30 p.m. and demanding that nighttime feed. My partner and I have been trying to resettle him at this time, but he gets to a full-blown screaming match if I refuse him a feed. However, feeding him this early means that he has started to wake around 4 a.m., ready to start the day. Mm. He will occasionally resettle at this time for his dad, but not for me. He just demands another breastfeed another breastfeed he's having three solid meals and two snacks a day plus three breastfeeds morning before bed and once overnight sometimes he has a small bottle in the afternoons he has one two-hour nap in the afternoon on daycare days this will be just be a one-hour nap usually he goes three times a week bedtime is seven we just can't figure out why he's suddenly waking earlier for that nighttime feed it's stuffed up our amazing sleep routine do you have any advice Yes, definitely. So routine sounds really good. Well done with that. Um, food and milk intake in the day sounds perfect. So if there's no medical reason or weight issues as to why you would need to do a night feed, I would just say drop it completely. At this age, a night feed, even if it's just one, can actually reinforce night weights. It tends to have the opposite effect. We think it's a really great little tool just to get through the night, but it tends to um, get them actually in the pattern of waking. So what you can do it's sort of like the way I kind of look at it is this baby like they don't know if it's 10 p.m or if it's 2 a.m so they don't know if we're happy with the timing of the feed they just know that at some point they rouse it's dark mum comes in and boots me back to sleep so you can see where they get quite confused like literally they don't know what time it is so um the best thing to do would just be to gradually drop this night feed to start off, um, say if he's feeding at 11 o'clock at the moment, you might do 11 o'clock for one night. Next night, you might, you might do minimum 12 a.m., then 1 a.m., then 2 a.m. until you push it out till morning. But it is definitely time to drop it. It's not going to um, it's not going to be a case of simply just um, pushing it back towards a time that we're comfortable with and it just staying there and everything going back to normal. It kind of has to go. There's also um, some science now around digestive hormones in the night when they're stimulated at this age, it can actually block the melatonin production, which is our sleepy hormones. And we want oh, wow. all those up here in the night. Um, and we don't want digestion hormones creeping in and taking over. So that's really interesting. That's could be what yeah. what's happening here too. So yeah, anything after sort of, unless there's a medical reason or a weight issue, um, after about 10 months, I always say, no matter how sort of happy you are with doing the feed, I start to just say, let's just gradually get rid of it because it will creep in earlier and earlier and it'll become a comfort thing yeah 
Good luck. This next question comes from Annika. She says, my five-month-old son has never slept well during the day. He'll get through one sleep cycle, 40 minutes or so, and then wake up. I have a lot of trouble resettling him from these catnaps. But recently, the problem has gotten even worse. He wakes up extremely distressed, crying and screaming until I pick him up. Sometimes it can take a while to calm him down, even in my arms. I'm trying a very consistent pre-nap routine and I've tried, I've started trying to put him down and wait for his nap. This works well enough. He goes to sleep just fine, but it hasn't changed how distressed he is when he wakes up after one sleep cycle. I know he's still tired because he'll go back to sleep in my arms after a while, but he won't let me put him down again. I'm not sure if this is the right thing to do. Will teaching him to fall asleep by himself eventually get him to link sleep cycles together? Is it okay to let him sleep a second sleep cycle in my arms or is it better to just keep him awake until his next nap, even though he's still tired? I'd be grateful for any suggestions. Oh, the cat naps, they're just the worst. It's got to be the most common sleep question, especially with bubs under one year. Um, so if routine's okay, so all your timings are, are fine and bubs not over or under tired, so um, a quick snapshot of a five-month-old might be... Um, 9am for a shortish nap, midday for a longer nap, um, which you'd be working on to conquer the cat nap. Um, so that one should be like two, two and a half hours, little nap in the afternoon, about four, and then a 6.30 bedtime. If you can kind of get on a routine where um, that's all sort of fine and we know Bubs isn't overtired, then it does sound like a settling issue. So you're definitely on the right track by trying to um, encourage the self-settling at the start of the nap because that's what's going to help this baby link cycles when they go into that 45 minute light sleep zone which is natural and normal if we've tricked them into falling asleep or help them fall asleep um, they just basically start awake and go oh hang on where was she she was just here a second ago <laughs> um, and then they cried and they're awake and the whole cycle started again so uh, resettling the key to it is self-settling at the start of the nap so um, really work on that. And in terms of, you know, can I hold bubs for a second cycle? Absolutely. But you need to be prepared to do that on subsequent days because it's only normal then that um, this baby's going to go into their little 45 minute cycle. Actually, mum comes in now. I quite like this. I get picked up. Let's do it like this. So it's it's up to you. If that's what you're comfortable doing and you're enjoying those cuddles, then that's great. Some people use that as a bit of downtime in the day as well. Um, but if you're wanting bubs to have an independent, really long nap, you would um, reinforce your self-settling and reinforce resettling. So avoid your pickups if that's not what you're wanting to do long-term. Mm, I definitely picked up mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some people do. But I, fine. Like, like, it was fine for a while because it was enforced rest. And I could, yeah. have, like, I could sit, I could, yeah. let's be honest, I did watch a lot of Netflix at that point. Sure. but It's good for little babies. I, I actually always say to new mums, like, go for it. It's such mm. a nice way for them to sit down and rest. But they, you do get to this point four or five months where all and of a sudden heavier. you're yeah, heavier and you're just like, actually, I would really like to do some laundry for an hour right now. Watch my Netflix yes. and tease. Like, yeah, yeah, so I think the, the novelty wears off a little bit at this yes. point. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the next question comes from Rain. She says, hi, everyone. I hope you can help. My 15-month-old has recently been through four weeks of being sick on and off after set starting daycare. Before he was sick, he would get up once a night for a bottle. But while he was sick, he was up around three times a night for cuddles and sometimes an extra bottle. We thought comfort was more important than routine while he was sick, but even now he's been better for about three weeks. He's still waking those extra times and often won't settle without the extra bottle. It seems to have become a habit. 
how do we get back to only one or hopefully no bottles during the night? Yep. So aim for no bottles. Um, we just touched on this a couple of questions ago. So about the digestive system taking over in the night and not allowing melatonin production and it becoming a bit of a habit, which sounds like this bub has. So if you're confident that um, bub is well now and has had no weight issues that sort of mean that we need to keep going with these night bottles, then I would just completely wean night bottles altogether um, and just start slowly. So if you're doing, say, two at the moment and they're, you know, four hours apart, say, okay, I'm going to do two tonight, but they're going to be four and a half hours apart. Um, you know, a few nights in, we're going to do two still, but I want them to be five hours apart. And then eventually you'll end up with just the one and then you push that hour by hour back towards morning over the course of a few nights. Definitely gradual. When babies are so used to taking in calories overnight, we have to do it gradual because I genuinely feel that they get an appetite and a bit of hunger for that particular calorie intake at that time of night. So always gradual because if you went cold turkey on night one, you would would be up for hours. <laughs> so just go gradual and just build, build on it, whatever you're comfortable with. Some people want to do 15 minute increments to space them out. Some people are happy to do an hour each night. It's totally your call, but definitely get rid of it. And it's so common, isn't it, once they've been sick? Because you do, I mean, oh, it's going to be awful. And I liked what this mum said about we felt comfort was more important um, than yeah. routine and sleep, and it's sleep training. It 100% is when they're sick. You can't. No. You, you, you kind of forget that you leave everything at the door. I do things I would never do, like, you yeah. know, sleep-wise. And that's fine. You just have to find a, um, a medium between just getting back on board, knowing when they're well again and saying, right, we're okay here now. I know he's fine. We're going back yes. to basics. Yes. Yeah. Medium yes. strength. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've got time for one last question. Cool. This is from Joanne. She says, help my almost two-year-old, he'll be two next month, is suddenly tantruming over everything. It started about a month ago and it's been daily ever since. He started to really lose it whenever we tell him no. And also for other things like getting dressed, sitting in his high chair, nap time, getting in and out of the bath. He throws things on the ground, pushes us away if we try to touch him, and the tantrums can last for up to 45 minutes. Fun. It's really turned nap time into a battle every day. I'd be happy to let him drop it, but honestly, he really still needs it. He's a terror for the rest of the day if he doesn't nap, whingy, clingy, and even more tantrums. And then bedtime is also difficult. When he naps, he's usually wonderful for bedtime. Our general routine is 7 a.m. awake, 12.30 to 2 nap, and 7.30 p.m. bedtime. He goes to daycare three times a week, and their nap, nap time is only from 1 till 2 p.m., but he mostly coped okay with that until recently. Now they are seeing the same things with lots of tantrums and carrying on at nap times, so they don't force it and take him to another quiet room while his classmates nap. Is there anything we can do about these tantrums? Yeah, definitely. So try and hold on to the nap because the routine actually looks really good. And if this sort of sleep issue has coincided with tantrums over other things, and it's likely just in that little developmental um, phase that he's in, they uh, two-year-olds do not like the word no. They don't like having no control. They're impulsive. They're sometimes rude and violent. <laughs> but, you know, they just don't understand they're not being naughty or trying to you know upset us or anything they don't have impulse control they don't understand consequences so you know a slightly older kid you can say no no we're going to have our sleep because you know it's time to go to bed and we can all wake up fresh in the morning like they don't understand what you're saying they just think minutes to minutes so um I wouldn't treat this bedtime tantrum any differently than I would an awake tantrum so 
don't reinforce at bedtime an issue. Don't um, sort of get fixated on it. Just continue with your resettling however you would do it if he was fine during the rest of the day. So I just keep putting him back into hopefully he's in a cot. Keep going back into the cot, lay down, lay down, resettle, resettle. It, the quicker you kind of just skim over the issue and don't pay it much attention, just if it means a couple of days where he misses nap time because he's carrying on so much, but you've left him in here there and you're helping settle him, that would be way more productive than going on like this for weeks and weeks because it becomes like a bit of a game. Um, they sense that you're anxious around nap time and bedtime. Um, the carry-on starts we kind of react because the tantrum gets our anxiety up and then all of a sudden you've missed an hour's worth of sleep. So just keep really calm, resettle as needed and just sort of hope that it turns a corner soon because, yeah, two is not fun. No. (laughs) No good. It's not my favourite age. (laughs) They're so cute though. I think that's the key. They are. It's a fun age too because they start having their little conversations and they they give so much back as well. So they kind of pull off the naughtiness. Yes, yes. Yeah. I think it must be biology and evolution's way of stopping us from killing them because 100%. Otherwise, otherwise they're these little psychopaths. Well, they just wouldn't survive. Well, they wouldn't survive in my house. Yeah. (laughs) And they also, and they also um, run around like you never stop with a toddler. Totally. It's full Mm. on. It's, It's such a physical age. Um, but yeah, so, and, and having said that, like it's, it's such a tiring age for them mentally and physically yes. definitely try and hold on to the nap just for this bug's sake. Yeah. Good luck yeah. with that. Well, uh, that's all we have time for today with Helpline and Hannah Wallace. So if you didn't get a chance to ask Hannah your question, please remember that you can book a one-on-one session with her through Babyology's Parent School. If that's not for you, we will be back next week with another expert answering your questions. Hannah, thanks so much for your time today. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Good questions today. It was a nice variation of ages. It's such a minefield. (laughs) (laughs) And you've got experience for all of them. Thank you. (laughs) See you next time. Bye. Bye. Feed, Play, Love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me, Siobhan Hunt. I'd love to hear from you. So if you'd like to get in touch, email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.